This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I got a special product for my cannabis love in kings and queens. If you love a good pre-roll, a joint, you have that fresh cannabis, we want to make sure it's staying fresh. And so I'm thankful to have Integra Specialty Products here at the Low Life Podcast. Brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging with two-day humidity control packs. Ensure the freshness, potency, and quality of your cannabis with Boost plant-based solutions that only puts in pure water vapor into your dried-out buds. Ideal for flour, pre-roll, edibles, they offer harmonious balance of convenience and freshness. For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code LOWLIFE at checkout for 15% off your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com. Bienvenidos, buongiorno, welcome one and all to the shit show <laughs> that is the Low Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lo Von Rumpf. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. I hope you're having a good week so far. And if you're not, don't worry, boo-boo. We got a great show in store for you. We're going to fix that. We're going to turn that frown upside down with a wonderful podcast episode. This is my favorite time of year, Easter season. I freaking love it. The birds are chirping. The sun is a shining. Even when I want to get depressed, I'm like, no, no, springtime is here. Look at all the freaking flowers. And I can't wait for April showers. Ugh, it doesn't rain a lot here in Los Angeles, but we do get some rain in April and it's like the best. I love April showers and a little June gloom, which is like an overcast time. We only get an overcast day in June for like, I think three days. It might be slightly overcast. And I'm like, I'm living my best freaking life thriving in the in the gloom. I love that. And I'm looking forward to a little bit of rain. And I'm also looking forward to today's episode. I'm back with my little Italian cannoli of love. Danny Vitali is our guest today. All right. So last week's episode was part one of the conversation with Danny Vitali. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, treat yourself, boo-boo. You won't be disappointed. I love it because we learn about her story. We get some backstory and really get to know who Danny is. And when someone can open up, and share their story, let us in on their journey. It's invaluable. I look at it as a gift because not only do you get to learn about the person, you also get to hear stories that shaped them into the person they are today. You get some new perspective, and you can also end up learning something about yourself through their lens, which I find to be very fascinating. And knowing that Danny came from Cleveland, Ohio, moved to Los Angeles with nothing but hopes, dreams and a pocket full of pasta. <laughs> like She literally came to LA with jack shit, wanting to make a name for herself, make a stamp in this dance industry, in the entertainment world, which is very competitive. It's not easy to do. And she was not only able to survive, but she was also able to thrive in an industry that's so tough in a town that will literally chew you up and spit you out. It's a testament to how resilient she is and fearlessness. That was my two takeaways from the episode. I'm like, damn, she is smart, she's resilient, and she's fearless. And that's what you need to make it in this industry. So in today's episode, Danny and I are diving into present-day Danny, what the last few years have looked like for her, and it's been a freaking roller coaster ride. It's like Supreme Scream at Knott's Berry Farm. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to be on that ride. But she's been able to make it through some really tough times and a bumpy road along the way. So in last week's episode, where we left off at was 
Danny was pounding the pavement, working her ass off. She started to get a name for herself. So she was a backup dancer. She really wanted to transition as a choreographer and a creative director and be taken seriously in that specific spot. Even though her agency wasn't even looking at her as a choreographer or a creative director, she wanted to make a name for herself in that space. And then she ended up booking Jonas Brothers. She got to work with them. She did Nick Jonas's video as a choreographer. Then she books a gig with Demi Lovato, which is a career highlight. She gets to be the creative director, choreographer, and a dancer on tour with Demi freaking Lovato. Like, talk about a career high. She's killing it. She feels like everything's paying off for her. And then all of a sudden, Demi Lovato has a drug overdose, almost dies from heroin, and Danny's entire world imploded. Her career, everything goes up in flames. Not only is she dealing with her friend who is in the hospital, barely making it, but she also is dealing with the fact that she's blamed for that. She's blamed for the overdose. The reason why she was blamed was because the night of Demi Lovato's overdose with heroin was the same night of Danny's birthday party. And Demi, of course, went to the party and one thing led to another and rumors started to spread that Danny was the reason why Demi had heroin or she had heroin at her birthday and, and she just got blamed for it. Mind you, Danny's never done drugs. She was not connected to it at all. But this was a false narrative. These were just rumors that escalated into something way bigger than it should have ever been. Perception is everything. Unfortunately, that's the truth. And even if the truth is there, that perception can end up hurting you. And I think it's fair to say that we've all at some point in our lives experienced people talking shit about us, spreading lies that weren't true, gossiping, drama, that sort of thing. Whether you're the asshole that's the one spreading the rumors and gossiping or you're on the receiving end of it, it sucks for both parties. I mean, I know I've had firsthand experiences with quote unquote friends who have made up lies about me, rumors spread about me, talking shit about me, saying things that I know are completely false. None of it made sense. There's no validity to what they were saying. It's just gossip and dumb rumors. And a lot of the times it stems from jealousy. Other times it just stems from people being assholes and wanting to gossip because they're bored. But for most of the time, it stems from hurt people because I think hurt people want to hurt people. If you're truly happy in your life, you wouldn't be wasting time talking about other people. You know that quote, great minds discuss ideas, small minds discuss people. There's a lot of truth to that. And gossiping and rumors and talking shit on someone, that's just going to happen. It's part of life, unfortunately. But when it actually starts to hinder your life and your career and send you into a downward spiral, well, that's different. Which brings me to Dancing with the Devil, which is the documentary on Netflix. Of course, Demi Lovato, it's her story. And she opens up about everything. And Danny sits down for an interview on the documentary and she talks about everything she went through and she opens up. So if you get a chance to see it's on YouTube, there's four parts to it. And it really gives you a glimpse into the world of an artist who's been struggling with major addiction and all the people around her, how they're dealing with it, too, because, of course, it impacts everybody who's close to you. You really get to see this painful chapter in Demi's life. And I mean, she's still going through it. She's still battling these demons and and I have to say that it's also a really painful chapter of Danny's life. But the fact that her and I could sit down and actually have a conversation, an open conversation about it. And now she's at the point where some of the heaviness and darkness that she once felt about this entire situation, now it's not as heavy and as dark because she has perspective. She's gone through it. I mean, at some points in our conversation, she could even laugh about certain things. I mean, she could see the lightness in, in such sadness, which is great. And now she's at the point where this perception of her, this ominous shadow that's been following her of uh, being connected to heroin and drugs, and it's heavy stuff. But 
what's great is she came through it. She's a better person for it. And it never defined her. And that's a beautiful thing. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Danny Vitali. Can't wait for you to hear this episode. Okay, speaking of Demi. Oh, yes. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Miss Lovato. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Demi Lovato. I know that you are friends with her. I know that you were her creative director for a while mm-hmm. and her choreographer and you did her tour. And now this documentary has come out, which I watched. It's on YouTube. So I watched the first episode. Which yeah. Dancing with the Devil. Dancing with the Devil. So when it comes to working with an artist like Demi, and we've both worked with artists that have substance abuse and addiction, and it's a difficult thing. And I and I really think that people would be, their minds would be blown to know like Demi's story is not rare. It's actually way more common than anyone would ever believe. I mean, there's a lot of dark stuff that happens yeah. in the industry. Um, I love that she's come out with it. And, and she's like, airing out the the dirty laundry i think there's has to be something a little freeing about it but i i remember hearing about you in the in the news and it was like i think like e news or something was like like danny and it was an article about you giving demi drugs and that you had been the one so just so if people aren't familiar demi lovato pop singer i don't think she's an icon i think she's an incredible singer though her voice is is her voice is incredible so she'll, she'll be ridiculous. an icon one day i think we use the word icon too loosely uh in today's day and age i i agree with you i think i think in due time she will become an icon sure yeah like like is a mariah Houston. carey an icon to you okay danny are you does a bear shit in the woods i mean i yeah i know i know are, i know i just had to i just had to do that she just had to make that little yeah dig you, how could you not love some Mariah? <laughs> if I threw on some '90s Mariah, you you would love it. Like, are you kidding? You can't not dance. I'm so sorry. The last thing I watched was that Christmas special, and I was like, "It's incredible." Okay, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather watch moss grow on a tree. To be honest, I cannot with you. <laughs> that if you like Google Christmas Joy, that special would come out. You know, I'm not. I'm not a Christmas girl, so. What? What do you mean you're not a Christmas I just, girl? Like, I, I don't like getting that whole like vibe. But anyway, we're we're determined. Okay, go back, go sorry. Back. Yeah, I was just gonna go on a Mariah tangent, uh, especially we just celebrated her birthday. But uh, when it comes <laughs> to <laughs> we as like you and yeah. her were like, let's go get coffee. Oh, uh, I wish. So when it comes to to working with Demi, and then this comes out in the press that you are the one who who basically caused her overdose. So that's what happened. This was about two years ago. Demi Lovato was on a road to sobriety. Then all of a sudden she falls off the wagon. Well, we learned in the documentary, she had fallen off the wagon many a times. People didn't know it wasn't public. Uh, And then your birthday happened, which was, was it your 28th birthday? 28th birthday, yes. Okay. And of course, Demi went to your birthday. And then from there, she either overdosed at your birthday or soon thereafter, but it was the night of your birthday party. Yeah, it was the so, night. It was the night of my birthday party, but it was it was after. You know, we we had we had gone out, we'd had our fun, and you know, enjoyed everyone's company. And then she went home, and it, and I don't really want to tell her story because she tells it so beautifully and raw. 
Lee in, in her doc. But yeah, she went home and, and she made her own own choices a couple hours later. Yeah. And I mean, literally almost died. I mean, I think did die, she, was resuscitated. She should, and she then, should be dead. Yeah. It's a miracle that she's alive today. Yeah. Uh, truly. So Demi Lovato has a PR machine. She has powerful publicists that can control a narrative as most celebrities do. So her image, despite having some falls along the way, she's been able to, I guess, re- remain in the favor of the public in some sort of a way. And, and her vulnerability shines through. Uh, and that's a big part, honestly, of a publicist does that for you. Yeah. And helps guide you in, in management. Yeah. Like the, the way that she can, that she handles her personal life in the public eye is, is, is pretty crazy because I don't feel like anyone has done it in a way like you can tell, like she has full control of it, you know, like now as, as like, this is my story. This is my voice. These are my words. This is not getting, and, and yeah. And then having like a professional PR publicist being like, all right, let's make sure this stays so authentic. And then the world sees authentic you. Yeah. And not to mention, even with this documentary, everything is so it's very controlled. Uh, what's being released, uh, you having your name smeared in the public eye, though, you did not have a power, powerful publicist to make the calls and make sure that the narrative, your narrative was shared correctly. And unfortunately, people associated you with like like mean girls you're a drug pusher i'm a pusher katie i'm a pusher (laughs) what does that even mean like a drug pusher probably she said she works three jobs you know i bet she sells drugs on the side to pay for a pathetic divorce like literally you were part of the downfall of an artist that you love and work with and do creative direction for and you were blamed and the fans came after you and i know it was a really hard time for you but i'm just like from where that happened to where you are now, but I'm like, in that moment when you're like being blamed for it, I don't even know how, was it just because of the connection to your party? Is that why you got blamed for a drug overdose? Like, or giving her drugs? So what wound up happening was, you know, Demi was in a a, a middle situation of management and she didn't have, you know, her previous management left her high and dry and this and that, and, you know, for, for, for good reasons, you know, it was, it was, yeah. I'm glad that she had been done with them. And at this point, she was in a transition of finding new management and finding someone that could run, like literally drive this ship in, in, in freight train that is Demi Lovato, right? And it's like, and I, I was looking at it, I'm like, you don't have like a manager. Like you're just this huge celebrity, just like willy nillying it. Like what the f***? But you know, it was, yeah. perf- it was perfect timing. You know, she was, writing a new album like it, it was cool she was like in a great spot where she could be looking for new management right so she had her day-to-day manager and her uh assistant and her security and me and that was it that was her team wow oh i didn't i didn't even know that oh yeah she had like five people on her you know she had her nutritionist or whatever you know her, her chef but yeah, yeah it was literally her day-to-day her manager core. yeah her personal assistants her security guard and then me. Those were the people that were like working for and with her at that point. And it was nuts because when this all happened, no one was thinking of the business publicist vibe at this point, because I think if her 
health was not that much in jeopardy, other stuff would have been thought about. I I, I do firmly believe that if she wasn't that close to death and she was in the hospital that long, I think people would have been able to, okay, she's good. Let's blow out these fires around here. But I think Mm -hmm. because, and this is my own heart. Is it true? Probably not, but this is what I hope it, it would be. I think if she was more stable, the people like her day-to-day manager and her security guard would have been like, all right, let's help this girl out, right? That's what I hope. But at that point, <laughs> it wasn't that, you know, it was it was solely on her and getting her well and good and surviving and anything else that was around it didn't f-ing matter. And it hurt because I had dedicated my life to this girl and to these people. And when I watched them watch me sink to the bottom of the earth, with not a care in the world, that destroyed me. And that's when I really had to reevaluate how much I give to people and how much I give to people on jobs. And because when I do something, when I work for an artist, when I work for a camp or whatever it is, I put my whole being into it. I put my heart. Of course. I I, I get sick after every job because I just expel every ounce of me. I'm a cancer. I can't help it. And. Oh, that's right. We're both little cancer crabs. When I watched everyone watch me drown, that was when I was like, holy f- this industry is the dirtiest, grossest, most awful place. What am I doing here? And at that point, too, I was like, you know, what? these people aren't equipped for it. They're not professionals. They're, they're not they haven't had the experience and they don't have the knowledge. And I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, they'll come around. And they never did. I think I was a, an easy scapegoat. I think it was easy for them to just have this girl take the story and they didn't have to do a job. They didn't have to find a publicist or a PR person to to fix me and fix the story because I had already taken the blame. It was like I, I it was an easy out for them. You were literal collateral damage. Yeah. And it was almost like it's on you. It's on Danny. Yeah. That's the narrative that's kind of become popularized. Yeah. I think they were like, OK, well, if we just tiptoe out of here, it'll just keep <laughs> running like this. And, you know, at this point, we're going to make sure she's healthy and good. She's going to write new songs. She's going to come out with a bunch of shit. And we're just going to keep going. And Danny's just going to keep sitting there, unemployed, poor, depressed, mentally ill. It was just like, holy. Wow. Fuck. Well, because also just so so I understand, too, when that happened and you are essentially blamed for this this pop star's uh, downfall. You're losing jobs. You're losing. I mean, obviously, uh, Demi's camp wasn't. You weren't being paid by oh, them. No, like oh, you, no. you didn't. So financially, and that she at that time, because you guys were working together, like that would have been, like where you were making money. Yes, that was. And, and at that point, you know, I was turning down work for her. And and at that point, we were going on another like two three month run, like a week later. Oh, to go back on tour. Yeah, we were supposed to go back on tour. So I had already canceled the whole rest of my year anyway to work with, you know, other people or to teach or to, you know, I I had a lot of stuff that was coming my way. And I was like, no, I'm on tour. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, and those opportunities passed. And then this whole thing happened. And, you know, at the time I was sponsored by Under Armour and I was getting a nice check. And this was a dream of mine all ever since I was a little girl to be like an athlete as a dancer, because there's no dancers that are repped by athletic companies. Right. You know, we are we are setting trends. We wear stuff to rehearsals that an artist pick up. We teach on these massive conventions every weekend to hundreds of thousands of kids and wear stuff that these kids wear. Like we, I feel like as a community, have a really big power with that stuff. And a lot of influence in a great way. And I think, no, I no, I know no big 
brand has picked up a dancer. And I was always infatuated with Missy Copeland. She's with Under Armour. I started working with them and I started really getting a really awesome foot in the door with Under Armour. And, and that they were paying you and you were basically like a brand ambassador. Yeah, for this was Under my Armour. biggest check I've ever gotten in my entire life. I was a brand ambassador. Wow. They wanted to sign me as an athlete and, and extend my contracts to multiple years with multiple dollar signs. And okay, I, yeah, and I was going to the headquarters in Baltimore. I was meeting the, the CEO and I was in their design meetings and and. I mean, I was getting body scans to like do fitting like it 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 was getting to like the best point ever. It was my dream. And then they stopped emailing me. We were in the middle of contract negotiations back and forth, back and forth for weeks. That night happened. I'm reaching out. Hey, can you just sign back this conversation to sign, sign back this, you know, document? Or, yeah, want to circle back. <laughs> yeah, let's not even circle back. Like, let's finish this. Like, let's just sign it. Like we've redlined back and forth, back and forth. Let's sign it. And it took them weeks to write back and they were weird and flaky and fishy. And then finally I was like, you guys, if it's about this, then I, I like, here's the truth. And they were like, sorry, we, we just, we can't be involved with that. Cause that's not on brand, of course. And I mean, from their perspective, I, I understand Me too. if you Google your name at that particular time, uh, you were you know, associated with drugs and, and a lot of stuff. Yeah. And to get, you know, it, it, it clear to your viewers and people that watch this and listen to this, like I am, I don't do drugs. I've never done drugs. It, it, that, that's the, the funniest part. Like when people hear this that know me, they're like, wait, that's so weird. Like Danny is just not that girl. And, you know, I can confidently say that's never been. You never did drugs with, uh, with Demi. No, never. Little cocaina. Ever. Heroin. Smoke. Meth. Nothing. I don't. I couldn't Crack. even tell you what any of that looks like. I think the closest I've ever been to Ecstasy. drugs is watching Requiem for a Dream. Like, that's just not me. And what about weed? Have you ever smoked a little weed? Sorry, I'm just like, throwing it out there. That's legal, so it doesn't really count times, at this point. And I know my brother will listen to this and he'll laugh because I mean, the last time I smoked weed was years ago, and I took one hit and I got very high. I started crying and I was asking him, I was that. Oh no, you got the panics. Yes. I was that video that when you Google like weed freak out, that was, that was, you. I was crying. I was asking him to take me to the hospital. I was so dramatic. And, and I, so I just, I kind of just stay away because. So yeah, you're not a drug person. You're not part of that lifestyle where drugs are a normal thing for you. But now you're branded as someone who does drugs and gave drugs to someone and and caused her to have a near-death experience. And she's almost died because of you. That's what people have said. The fans said that about you. So were you, um, I'm sure, the the bullying and the trolling online was was real for you. Yeah, it was awful. It ruined my life. I, I, I would say I don't remember 90% of that time because I was sleeping, crying, screaming, or sleeping and never left my bed. I kept my phone in my mm. um, nightstand. Anytime I'd go on it, it would be either people, friends of mine or people that I thought were my friends not reaching out to me, which depressed me. You know, I'm like, the whole world is seeing what's going on and I'm not getting texts of like, hey, how are you? Do you need anything? Yeah, because what they thought that, well, they just didn't want to be associated with someone who... It was that or like, oh, she's good. This is so false and so crazy. Like, there's no way that she's bummed about this. I don't know. It was it was that. And then it was reading everyone's tweets 
Instagram messages, Instagram comments, Facebook, this, that, this, that. It was it was all this shit and none of it was positive. I mean, low, I would get maybe 300 messages a day accumulatively on, on all, all platforms to kill myself. Or you will be killed. I'm sure you got death threats. Or you will be killed. If I ever see you working or on tour with anyone else, I will fucking kill you. People sending me Google Earth shots of where I lived. People sending me photos of my car. People sent people calling my dad, my mom, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my my boyfriend at the time. They were calling his parents, like threatening. Oh my god! It, it was it was so invasive and so scary. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, it it was it was terrifying, and I I developed crippling social anxiety. I didn't leave the house for six months, seven months, I would say. Like, I'm not kidding. I quarantined before quarantine was a thing. Right. Yeah. At the start of this quarantine, it was really hard mentally because I had a little bit of like PTSD. I'm like, oh my God, this feels like that situation I was in a couple of years ago. Not working, stuck at home. It felt very similar. So industry-wise, when it came to booking other gigs... Was it difficult? I would assume. Oh, it was because impo- it was impossible. But it was also no weird. one wanted to hire you. No one wanted to hire me, and no one wanted to acknowledge it, and no one wanted to talk about it. So it was also sad, but it was also very uncomfortable because I'm like, just say it's because of this whole thing. Just say it. And no, no, absolutely not. I'm like, you're actually doing me more of a disservice lying to me than just straight up telling me. You know? And were you and, weren't you doing Mass Singer too, and like are about to do that, and then yeah. you couldn't do and then it I got because fired. of. Yeah. Wow. So uh, you were doing the Demi gig, then everything happened, but then you got fired from that. So, well, this was 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 like this was like a year after, but oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. It's it just all of this stuff kept just spiraling. And but a year after, you're still you were still getting like punished in a way. Oh, yeah. For what happened. Oh, yeah. And it it was weird too because I would start working with new artists and I know that they would look. Just like anyone would hire anyone, what are you going to do? You're going to Google them and you're going to look them up. All right, what is my what is this choreographer that I might use? What what has she done? What did what's got first thing on? that comes up? Overdose. Danny C- CNN gave her drugs. Blah, 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 blah. And at that point, I go into rehearsal with whoever this artist is or whatever. And I I don't know if you remember the book Scarlet Letter, but I would. I do remember that. Isn't she, like she had to wear the Scarlet Letter? You know, did she? Cause she town. cheated, right? Or she was? Yeah. So yeah. So I always felt like her. I was like, oh, my God, here I am walking into this rehearsal room and I have a scarlet letter on my chest. And it was just mm-hmm. always this thing. And, you know, and it became a conversation with some artists that I'd work for. And, you know, some of them were like, it, I don't care. Like, I know that's not you. Like, that's so up. Like, or other ones would just kind of be like a little weirded out. Sure. Yeah. And it was just really uncomfortable until and I, I just accepted it. I was like, well, this is my life and this is what it's going to be. This wasn't that long ago, by the way. This was only what, two years ago? Yeah, 2018, uh, July 2018. Okay, so coming up on this would be the third year. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I've lived. I've lived three years of my life like this. Wow. Okay, so that moment happens. Your career literally implodes. Implodes. I lose. I lose everything. I I can't teach because no parent wants to bring their kid to this person's class. I can't get a teaching job. When I would go to teach, like at a professional studio, TMZ would be sitting at the front. And I'm like, this is so awful and uncomfortable and I don't know what to do. I don't have a lawyer. I don't have a publicist. I don't have, I don't have anything. I, it's just little old me. And yeah. I was so lost and afraid and, and broken. And 
I had no. How did you even survive financially? Uh, thank God I had savings. I lived off savings, and I ripped yeah. through my savings. I started 2019 driving for fucking DoorDash. Wow. Yeah. Oh my. I went from choreographing, creative directing a world tour for Demi Lovato to driving for DoorDash because, yeah, mm. I, I didn't make a dollar. I had to live off my savings account, and I had to literally. And you literally couldn't make a dollar because your reputation preceded you. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen takes it. Queen, you love it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. And we're back. The fact that you could even talk about it so openly right now, like going through something like that is terrible. I want to know, like, when did the tide start to turn? Has it? Or you're like, no, I'm still working for DoorDash. Like, shit, I'm about to Venmo you right now, Danny. You come live with me. Um, no, I am thankfully not working for DoorDash anymore. You know, my bag. By is- the way, to all the DoorDash uh, drivers out there, like do like do you? I love DoorDash yeah. and Postmates is great, but it's a tough life and and you're not making that much money doing no, it. No, so meanwhile, is, I'm like doing DoorDash a- in a Range Rover like, oh, I can barely afford this car. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. My God. Wow. When did the tide start to turn where you were actually starting to book work? As I talk to you right now, you're an undisclosed location working with an undisclosed artist who is freaking incredible. Danny said before uh, we did the interview, she's like, Lo, I can't say where I'm at in the world, but it's really, but I know where she's at and I can't say who I'm working with. Um, Yeah. I'm doing something really cool right now really and when you cool. when you can talk about what it is you have to come back and talk about this whole experience too because it's freaking awesome but absolutely anyway that's another time but for for when the tide starts to turn for you and your career when did that even happen where you're like oh someone took a chance they're like all right we'll work with you danny yeah. and like you started to slowly is it because the story kind of died out a little bit or what do you think happened i would say it died out for sure a little bit but at this point, I'd hit full rock bottom. I was going to move back home to Ohio. Um, and the guy I was seeing at the time was like, you need to give it one more chance. You, you can't move home. You can't move home. You got to mm. you got to do you got to give it one more chance. And I said. It. What's another two? You know, I've been out here for a decade. Like, what's another six months? You know, and at this point, I said, great, I'm just going to go and I'm going to just completely bring my ego all the way down below the earth. And that's that. So I messaged, DM'd a big creative director that I've worked for as a dancer, not even as a choreographer. 
Mm-hmm. And I've always looked up to him and his work and his creations. He's just always been something that someone that I've admired in his projects. So I DM'd him on Instagram and I said, Hey, my name's Danny. We've worked together. We follow each other. Like we've known, you know, we have mutual friends. I absolutely admire you. Um, I don't know if you're looking for an assistant, someone to run coffee for you, someone to pick up your dry cleaning or whatever it is. I would be honored to work for you or learn from you. Let me know if there's anything I can do. He wrote me back and he said, yep, call me on Thursday. I know who you are. And I said, okay. And I called him and he goes, great. I'm uh, doing, uh, I'm, I'm, he's, I'm the executive producer of the Billboard Music Awards and I need a creative producer and an assistant and blah, blah, blah. And just starts rambling off all this stuff I have to do. Like it was nothing. And I was like, so am I just going to run you coffee? And I, at this point, I'm taking his emails, his calls, his meetings. I'm, I'm giving wow. my input. And, <laughs> and he just threw me into this. And I was like, does he know? Does he know? Does he know? Like I was so terrified. Yeah. <laughs> You're hiding your little scarlet letter. Exactly. I'm like this the, the whole time. An H for heroin. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> and, you know, we worked together and it was f-ing brilliant. He trusted me with the Billboard Music Awards in 2019. And I produced and choreographed all these f-ing beautiful performances. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he didn't even bat an eye. I did Halsey. I did the BTS performance. I did the Panic at the Disco performance. Like I did the opening. I did Kelly Clarkson. I did like six, seven performances and he gave them all to me. It was just like, yeah, wow. let's do it. Yeah. And that was, um, I mean, he was my first thing back and he put me back on that map. But when he put me back on that oh, map, great. being under his name, you know, cause he's a big name and his name is Lee Lodge and having his stamp of approval. That's when people were like, Oh, okay. We can accept her again. She's safe now. Yeah, she's safe now. Isn't that crazy? I mean, how the industry, I mean, and that works, that applies to every industry. Yeah. Um, if someone, you know, reputable like that vouches for you automatically, it opens up doors. Um, but wow. Okay. Thanks, Lee, for getting you back on track. And like, so you didn't have to move back to Ohio. Yeah. And he gave me that stamp. And then slowly but surely, you know, I started working with Halsey at that time. And it was the same thing. I was like, you know, she was my first female artists were getting back in the industry, you know, getting back into it. And I was really open and honest with her. I felt very comfortable with her um, right when I met her. And I just said, hey, listen, there's this thing. I used to work for this artist, Demi Lovato. I'm sure you you know her. Yeah. Aren't they? I think they were friends, no? Yeah. They're friends, they're acquaintances, whatever yeah. they are. And and I just said, hey, this this thing. She was, yeah, I know. I saw it. That's bullshit. But it's no, it's nothing. F- it. And I was Great. like, okay. So slowly but surely, I started meeting these people that didn't care and that saw me for me and for my talent and for my abilities. And I think getting these co-signing and stamps from these people was, it was really helping other people be more comfortable with hiring me. Sure. Sure. Did you, so you and Demi were very close and I mean, then we weren't talking. You weren't talking. Now I have two questions. First question is, are you apprehensive going into new relationships with artists like, let's say, Halsey? 100%. Who, okay. Yeah. Who is like, you know, a, cl- a client? Is that how you'd say? Yeah, one of your artists? I would say, I would say my artist, my client. You get a little nervous to get close to them because, I mean, look what, well, look what happened. Now, I know Halsey isn't thankfully dealing with substance abuse, but. Well, every, but yeah, we all would, have our own demons, right? But everyone has their demons is what I'm. Yeah, of course. So do you put up a little bit of a a professional boundary at this point. Yeah, like, it's it's hard with Halsey because and I'm I'm talking about her as Halsey and not Ashley. 
because no, let's say it's hard with Ashley because Ashley's her real name. Mm-hmm. Halsey's the artist's name, just so people yeah, know the sorry. reference. She yeah. is so, we came up the same way, right? She was a fangirl. She was on Tumblr. She did YouTube. She was a poet. Like, she really fought for what she has and still fights for it, you know? And, and so we have that same fighting mentality. We both support our families and our fathers. And we both have been, you know, through like this weird scene world, the scene band world, the emo world. Like, we have very similar stories and narratives and it's hard not to get close to these artists and people are always like oh dancers and choreographers are oh they're so buddy buddy with artists and i'm like it's so impossible to not get close to someone like this when you're working with them this closely because you are inside their brain you're picking it absolutely you're dissecting it you're you're taking their dreams and their vision of of whatever it is for anything you know for ama she's like i i want to paint i just i want to paint i want to do i want to dance with you and I want to paint. Just that's what I need. So you have to go into their brain and, and um, I have to create okay. that whole performance. Yeah. We're going to give you a Bob Ross moment if yeah, you want it. Yeah, here we go. Here's a table here. We're in white. Here's the, blah, 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 you know, and so you have to be so in tune with them. And it's this, it is, it's really hard. I really love this question. I was just talking to someone about this to, to have that boundary, to protect yourself, but also to do your job. Amazing. And then you're in a room with them in a rehearsal. It's just you and them. You're touch, you know, you're touching them. You're, you're working with them. So you're in this intimate space with them. And it's, it's really hard to not become one with them and to, and to be removed. It's, it's, it's really hard. And I I think that when it comes to the art of it, creating this amazing performance, this choreo, someone, uh, especially if they're not a professional dancer, don't have that background, having that comfort level with someone it's the same with me with styling, having that comfort with them, it breaks down boundaries and walls and the product could be even better because they feel comfortable with the choreographer, with their stylist, or they love their makeup artist. And they just, it's, it's not, it doesn't stifle the creativity it actually enhances it. So it's a, a double-edged sword in a way because it really does help to be comfortable with them. Yeah. You make this unbelievable art, you know, you touch into you know, these celebrities, they're celebrities for a reason. They have brains that are different from everyone else's. And if you can, you get to tap into a brain like that, it's, it's something like you've never experienced. And, and I, would equ- I would maybe equate it to doing a drug. I don't know. I've never done one. But like, it is just like this. It's so riveting. You're just like in there and you're feeling what they feel and you hear what they hear and you see what they see and, and you're just absorbing it and then making it into something that the world sees. And it's, it's, yeah, it's impossible to not get close. So I think with Halsey, um, the artist, it was really hard not to get close to her because she's so lovely, so personable, so down to earth and is so creative. And, and we're so similar where I was just immediately drawn to her. But and we talk openly about this, but it definitely has been very hard for me. And I've it's almost been like a weird new relationship where it's like push, pull, push, pull. Like I'll feel myself mm-hmm. getting too close to her and I'll and I'll pull back. <laughs> it's like you guys are dating. <laughs> yeah. She's like, are you good? What's wrong? You're acting weird. And I'm like, uh, I just, uh, you know, and you, you, you get nervous. And you, you I'm know. getting the feels, Halsey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting the I feels think I for love you. you. Yeah. I don't want to lose Damn you. It. Yeah. I feel you on that. And I feel like I've, I've definitely been trying to be mindful of boundaries going forward with people and, and, and sure. Yeah. It definitely scares me. It definitely scares me. 
Uh, and rightfully so. I'm so curious, after all of this has gone down, now Demi comes out with this documentary. When was the first time after everything happened, your career implodes, you're, I mean, having death threats, you can't leave your home. I mean, it was terrible for you for a really long time. I mean, I don't think it's even truly cleared up for you until I've talked to you about this, but in the last like eight or so months, because you went from careers over, death threats, you're done in the industry, and then pandemic hits. Dude, and then, yeah. And then, and then now we're here in an interview. Done in the industry. <laughs> I had an incredible 2019. Okay. Oh, that was a comeback moment. Yeah, 2019. It was a full <clears throat> fucking comeback. And then I was like, I, the bitch is back. She's here. She's got shit on her resume and her reel. Like, people are starting to hire her. And, like, shit's still kind of weird. But she's going for it. Yeah. And then the pandemic I- hits whole industry shuts down. Yeah. And now we're here today. So, uh, in since that situation happened with, with Demi, have you spoken to her? Yeah. Okay. So we, we talk like every day. I mean, all we do is send like ridiculous memes back and forth to one another and funny photos from when we were like 20 and like, we, we talk every day. When was if that not every day, we where, talk every other day. But that moment where you guys actually communicated for the first time, was it yeah. like, was that uncomfortable? Oh, yeah. Severely uncomfortable. I feel like I wasn't comfortable talking to her about what I went through because in my heart and in my soul, I was like, you know what? She's at the time I said she's going through something worse than I am. And oh, of course. I Yeah. And, you know, in hindsight, yes, it was worse. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Danny, you can you can be going through something awful, too. You know, you you can. As collateral damage from this tornado of addiction and abuse, you are a casualty, a close casualty in it. And it's like, yeah. that's And I really never really sad. wanted to recognize that because I was always like, well, no, no, I don't know. I was, I was very much in denial. And people, then people were like, Danny, this is fucked. You need to tell her. But if she cares about you, she'll listen and she'll know. And I think I just never wanted to tell her to, because I was assuming I was going to be let down and I couldn't be let down anymore by anyone or anything. So I was afraid to tell her how I felt and what I went through. And Mm. we would talk, I would say in 2019, she would hit me up here and there. Like when she saw me choreographing something or working with artists or something, she would write me like, oh my God, congratulations. That performance was amazing. Like she was always still there, but like we were nowhere in the same universe. And so it was always these weird surfacey conversations of like, bitch, I haven't seen you since my birthday. We haven't talked about what happened. You were, you know, your choices ruined my life. Are we just going to ignore this and and that? Like, that's fucking weird. Yeah. So, so did you, did you have a sit down with her and be like, yeah, well, she would invite me to certain things. And I'd be like, hey, yeah, Halloween party sounds or Halloween get together at your house sounds fun. Maybe we should talk before. And then she wouldn't respond. So mm. I was like, you know what? She's not ready. I'm probably not ready. That's okay. There's no rush, obviously. I think you would. I think you would absolutely be ready if she presented that to you. You know, I look back at it. I wasn't. I, I, I am glad it happened how it happened because I think I still had a lot more work to do and to have the confidence to, to be able to talk to her, frankly, about what I went through. I think I still would have like dumbed down and numbed down what I went through at that time if she would have come. Oh, I get I'd what you're like, saying. I'd be like, no, no, girl, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what I mean? And... 
so that happened a couple times. And I was like, you know what? It's not, it's not time. Mm, fuck it. I'm just going to keep going and doing my thing. And whatever happens, happens. I don't talk to her forever. I don't talk to her forever. Like, that's it. She knows I love her and care about her, but whatever. So anyway, life goes on. I, ironically, Billboards 2020 have to produce her performance for Commander in Chief. And I was like, oh, God, like, I haven't seen her since my birthday. I've produced this performance. This is going to be weird, but you need to go to therapy and figure it out. And then that's that. And we text a little bit. I tell her I'm doing her performance. We're laughing. She's like, holy shit, that's so crazy. How ironic. She, I see her at, at billboards. We give each other a hug. And she was like, I have to talk to you soon. You know, I love you. And I was like, I love you too, man. Like, so good to see you. And it was trippy. It was trippy. And two months later, a month later, I get a text from a producer. And she talks about this in her South by Southwest interview. And they said, hey, Demi Lovato wants to, you to be in her new documentary. Um, let us know how you feel about this. Call, reach, reach out for any questions you have. I was like, okay, well, if Demi wants me to be in her fucking documentary, she can call me because like, this is, this, what the fuck? Like, am I about to be the scapegoat again? I'm about to be fucked again. Like what, I, you know, I'm on, immediately on a defense. She hears through the grapevine, my apprehensiveness. I text her and I stepped away off my phone for like an hour or so. And then I get like a bunch of calls from her and a big long text message just spilling her guts. And I called her immediately back and we talked for like an hour or two. And I had a fever and a rash the entire time. And I hysterically cried. And it was the most liberating conversation I've ever had with a human being in my entire life. Wow. Yeah. And after that, I knew where her intentions, what her intentions were with having me on there. I knew where she was at in her life by hearing her voice. And it was really great. And I, at that point, was very comfortable to go forward in, in doing the doc and talking about her and the situation and what I went through. And, you know, she apologized and she apologized that it took her so long. You know, she, she didn't realize how many other people were affected. And, and that's the thing. Not only is it hard in the situation to deal with addiction uh, with an addict, but also there's a, a sense of narcissism that comes with working with artists. And I'm not saying that to like talk shit. It's just, it is what it is. These, these artists, they have their universe and we're all revolving around their world, their mm -hmm. sphere. And that just, I mean, I could say that for pretty much everyone in the industry, uh, talent wise, it's rare when you find someone that's not like that, but how could you not be when you have a whole team that's just all eyes are on you. Everyone's revolt. You're on, you're in charge of, you know, essentially you're the bread and butter. So for some, for someone like Demi to be able to see like, Oh wait, I, I actually, I did some damage here and, and I'm I recognizing it and I need to make up for this and I want to make this right. And yeah, at that point, I was like, holy, fuck, like, this is huge. And the work you've done and where you're at in your life right now is somewhere I've never thought that you would be. And yeah, it was the most moving conversation. I will I replay it in my head all the time. And mm. from then, you know, I, I went to the interview and then she went and watched, you know, my uncut interview for hours of me just talking. And the director, Michael Ratner, is a fucking saint. Like, I don't know how he did all. I mean, he is a beautiful director and the way he you know asked me questions and pulled things out of me in in a respectful way also it wasn't like I felt like I was on 
Big Brother or Real World. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're in a confessional. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I was so nervous. I was like, I don't want to be pegged again. And, and they held my hand during the whole thing and were like, no, we're she wants to make this right. And, you know, all the press releases have been positive. And now when you Google my name, it's positive things. And I mean, I, I can't ask for a better ending to yeah. this story to a story that I thought was never going to have an ending, you know? And, you know, people are like, oh, three years too late. And I'm like, guys, I never thought this was going to happen. You know, I yeah. thought she would be, she would die with the story with her. You know, like I, 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 I never anticipated this, never thought about it, I never hoped for it. I, it, it really was just like, yeah, it's really great. So she's come out. Well, in that documentary, we haven't seen the next part yet. Yeah. Uh, but she speaks about how your situation is that discussed in the documentary at all? Um, I think so. You know, I haven't seen anything. I don't know. I'm watching it with the rest of everyone. And but in a lot of her interviews that she's given on the premieres, like she brings up that it wasn't fair and it wasn't me and it wasn't right. But yeah. So we'll see. Wow. Yeah, it's been a really, really big full circle of of everything. And regardless of what our working relationship is for the future, you know, I've known this girl for 10 years, 10 plus years, and she'll be in my life forever. I love her so much. And I think she's, you know, I, like you said earlier, she's teaching the world, I think, a really big part of addiction and mm -hmm. what this industry is and what people do to these people, these artists and celebrities, and I, I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, I and have. It, it's a nasty <laughs> world. You know, people think it's all cool and glitz and glamour, and you get to know these celebrities. It's like it's brutal. Yeah. and 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 I am a part of this, just doing what I love. You know. Yeah, and just, but I'm glad you got to bounce back though, career wise. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it still feels like a dream. You know, I, it feels like a dream that I've gotten my story. Like she's got me and her have gotten the real story out. I'm still, you know, I get to do what I love still and make money and meet new people and opportunities. And I feel like I'm in a dream right now, to be honest. Yeah, of course. All right. Sorry to interrupt, but we'll be right back. All right. Now let's get back to the show. From everything that went down, though, I guess. One, in hindsight, would you have done anything different? And I guess what would be the biggest takeaway from something like this happening to you? Yeah. Um, you know what? People people always during it all, people were like, Danny, you have to do an interview. You have to go, you know, people from all these fucking outlets were hitting me up like, do you want to speak your truth? And do you wanna, you know, tell what really happened or what you blah blah blah? Sure. And I said no to all of it because I knew. Deep down, I was like, it's going to get fucked up. It's going to get misconstrued. It's just going to be this never winning game, right? And I just, I, I kept my head down. I kept my head down, kept my, my eyes and ears closed as best I could. And I just kept going. I kept working hard. And I just tried to keep going. And I kept my head down. That's it. And I am so glad I did that. I'm so glad I didn't fall under the pressure of wanting to tell what really happened. Because it wasn't my yeah. story. That's the thing that's difficult. Too. It's it's not your story, but you're so involved in the story that I don't know. A part of me feels like it's part of your story, too. It impacted you substantially. I mean, you know, you're very respectful. Yeah. But I think if it happened to me today, I definitely wouldn't do it the same way because I'd be like now like Fuck this. But <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> but you're like, hold up. 
I'm not about to be labeled as a heroin pusher who caused an overdose over here. Yeah, I was scared, you know, and I didn't know. I, I don't know, but I'm really I'm really proud of 28 year old Danny and how she decided to handle it. I'm proud of what she learned from it. I've learned, you know, I've gone to so many Al-Anon meetings. I've learned so much about addiction. Wait, and- what is that? Isn't that that with the conspiracy theory? No. Oh, my God. That's QAnon. Oh, shit. I'm like, Danny, I'm dead. Might no, be falling Al- off the rails. Al-Anon is like um, Alcohol Anonymous for like uh, oh, people. Oh, of like, course. Yes, yes. Yes, you go to steps. Al-Anon. Yeah, you, oh, you've gone to those. Yeah, Al-Anon is for people who are are around people who have addiction. And um, yeah, so I've gone to a lot of those, those support groups meetings. And I've learned a lot about addictive personalities, people that are addicted to drugs, drinking, any anything. And I, I've learned a lot about... You know... I, uh, I, I deal with a lot of, uh, I guess people who have substance abuse addicts. I have, I come from a family of addicts. Yeah. See, so, I, I, it, that was a whole new thing to me moving to Hollywood. I was like, what is an addict? I was yeah. like, I, yeah, I'm addicted to Starbucks, but like what? And yeah, it was, yeah. it was a whole Try new heroin. thing. You know, it's a new, it's a different vibe. So, um, or alcoholism or that's actually why I haven't even dabbled into drugs. It's not because I don't want to, it's because I know I'll be a drug addict because it's, I'm predisposed. Uh, thankfully my mom and dad are not, you know, dealing with any addiction, but it's so prevalent in our family, um, that I've just stayed clear of it because I just know I'm like, this is pose a problem. Oh, oh, for sure. I just didn't want to do that to my family. But what I was going to get at was when it comes to dealing with addicts, a big part of it, you know, and you've known going to these meetings is, you know, not using substances as any sort of a crutch in any way. And I know that means like, if you're an alcoholic, you shouldn't have the occasional drink. If you're ready to stop drinking, if you know that this drink could kill you and ruin your life, just don't do it. You got it. You have to be ready to give it up. Um, the same goes for any sort of substance abuse. So in Demi's case, when we're talking about sobriety and her road to recovery, she's spoken openly about taking a different approach. She's going California sober, which means she still opened herself up to smoking weed and the occasional drink. She's not completely abstinent, which of course is going to be controversial. And there's going to be a lot of people, especially recovering addicts, people who have gone the 12 steps. Uh, people at Al-Anon meetings uh, that would completely disagree with her. But I mean, again, to each their own. Everybody's recovery and their road to recovery is going to look a lot different. There's not a one size fits all. It's such a fine line because, again, that's her journey. That's her situation. That's what she's going through. But again, it's it's so public that her speaking out on that is about everything. It, it could it could really throw people is all I'm saying. And I know it's controversial. Absolutely. And I think even talk, I mean, anything she talks about is controversial. So I'm just like, more power yeah. to you, girl. Like, I think she's starting conversations that need to be started. And yeah, I, I think it's also cool in a way that it's opening a lot of eyes to what happens behind these closed doors that everyone thinks are so glamorous. Yeah. People are hurting. A lot of them are. A lot of actresses and singer and the entertainment industry. Yeah, it, we're really shining a light on that right now. Well, I'm curious, like when it comes to your relationship with her, I'm glad that you guys have communication and you guys are friends again, which is me too. Beautiful. Me really too. Thank I you. I mean, talk about like, and I don't know, I think knowing you as a person, Danny, even if you had never gotten that apology or that admission of like her part in it, 
I still think you would have forgiven no matter what. Cause I just oh, yeah. know that's the type of human you are. Uh, I'm curious, will you, will you work with her again? Like, could you see yourself? Like, have you guys talked about like, Hey, like, or maybe that's one that you're like, you know, I'm just gonna, <laughs> let's work on the friendship baby steps. I'm curious, like, where do you go with something like that? You know, it's a, it's a difficult yeah. thing to navigate. I think also for me is it sucks because we worked so well together. You know, I know her, yeah. I know what she likes and wants and needs and doesn't want, you know, and, and that's what you develop over so many years of friendship and professional working. You just know them inside and out. Like I can walk into a room for Demi or, or, or Halsey and be like, She's not going to do that. She's going to do that. She's going to walk here. She's not going to walk there. She's not going to like this, but she's going to do this. And she'll like, you know, and, and I'll set up everything for them as that. Like, I literally jump into their heads. And it's it's really draining. And I'm like, OK, I have to step in as Halsey and I'll jump in and I'll nitpick this, that, this, that, this, that and make everyone. Everyone hates me for like a good 30. And then Halsey will come in. Everything will be as she wants it and needs it. Halsified. Halsified. And it'll go smooth and everyone will be like, how did you know all that? I'm like, because that's my job is to know them inside and out and to be that person for them because they don't have the time to do this. That's my job. So it sucks because I, I have all of that knowledge for Demi and it's just sitting here and mm -hmm. working with her is effortless for me and her and we have so much fun. But I think there is definitely a little triggering part to it. And I think also maybe we're both nervous to the public scrutiny about it so i think maybe if i mm. if, if, if i did or when i do work for her it will be secret and i'll like ghost do yeah. it i don't think it will be something that i'm publicly putting out there i think um it'll be more sacred to me and i'll do it because i love working with her and not because of like the project sure i would say though like i full circle moment like you guys definitely went through hell but like i think just public uh, perception wise it would be celebrated in a way yeah. like oh that's really cool like I think there will be that's, a time that's true friendship there you know yeah I think there will be a time I think whatever that appropriate yeah. project is for her I know that she will be like hey I need you to do this with me it's going to be special just like she reached out for me to me for sorry not sorry like that yeah. came out of nowhere I hadn't been working to, with her prior prior and she reached out or you know her team and her hey we want you to do the whole thing for this new song sorry not sorry Bam. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe it's me even just putting people in place for her that will work well with her and that she'll like. But um, who knows? I mean, the girl's going to be in my life forever, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Danny, I mean, you're killing it in your career and I'm glad you had bounce back and you're freaking OK. Thanks. Oh, you weren't canceled. I wasn't canceled. I was no. for a minute, though. And now I'm yeah, back. You were, you were for a freaking minute. Uh, well, I'm so curious, like, what's next for you? What's the next step for Danny freaking Vitale? A pasta company, perhaps? Okay, yeah. So the pasta, the pasta is always coming. <laughs> like, yeah, the pasta is always going to be here. The dinners are always going to be here. But you know what? I, right now, this, after this whole Demi thing, and I, I don't know, it just sounds funny because we just talked about it. I feel like my life just started again. I feel like sure. I feel like I did when I first made the shift to choreographing. So I'm excited to like literally walk into a room now with confidence, with not an insecurity, with no chip on my shoulder to prove something. I'm really excited to to live as me and to to really feel like 
proud of myself and not ashamed yeah. and not embarrassed. Like I'm really excited to just not live in that shadow anymore. Oh, so yeah. nice. Yeah. I, I honestly out. like long-term goals. Like, yeah, I want to do all this stuff and achieve all this stuff, but I'm really excited right now to, to be in my skin. I would say. Mm. Oh, I love that. I want to leave it there. I want to leave the episode there. Just being good in your skin. I love and freaking it. <laughs> letting the light hit your skin, queen. We have to end it with a round of rapid fire questions. Tradition at the Low Let's Life do Podcast. Da, da, da. Okay. Do you have a song that happens? <laughs> we do. Yeah. Um, it's actually um, Jonas Brothers Burn- Burning Up is the song that we use for it. Oh, God. Can we pick a different song? No. <laughs> You're like, I hate it. All right. It's rapid fire question time with Danny Vitale. Cottage on the beach or cabin in the woods? Cabin in the woods. <laughs> cabin in the woods. Oh, I love that. All right. Celebrity crush will do male. And then I want a female celebrity crush too. Oh my God. Um, What's his name that just liked my DM? <laughs> Thomas. Uh... Oh, Thomas Doherty? Yeah. Oh, Thomas is my boy. Wait. Him. Oh, oh, you sent me a screenshot yes. that he had liked your DM. Okay, so I follow him, obviously. And he posted like some hot picture of him. And I yeah, like, he's beautiful. I just like responded with a, or I think it was a heart or something or like, oh, like this soaking wet emoji. I don't know. Something like <laughs> so fangirl. And he double tapped it. Hey. Hey. I love yeah, him. He, he is beautiful. Uh, Thomas Doherty is a beautiful man. And he kind of reminds me of Harry Styles. I, I think also I only have a crush on him because like you like he's like maybe like a little like in arm's reach, but not like. He's not in arm's reach, but he's like close enough where it's not like Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. but it's like tangible, but not tangible. He's tangible. Like we could all have dinner together. Like I'll make him pasta any, any day. There we go. Yeah. It only if he wears those Calvin Klein's. Mm. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> okay. So that's my male. Female. Female. I mean, I want to be Jennifer Aniston. So she's my crush. Oh, perfect crush. If your belly button had a magical power, any power. When you pressed it, what would you make that belly button do? Print money. <laughs> oh, shit. She was ready for it. Okay, there she is. Could you, you want that green? Like, ching Actually, that's never Has anyone been answered said. that? N- not, not that rapidly and not that answer. I love that. Wow. I sh- that's a, gr- I kind of want, mine was to produce hyaluronic acid for my skin. Um, I mean, but like, I rather have money because I could buy all the hyaluronic acid I want in the world. Can I get like the JLo like stem cell blood mm-hmm. facials? Yes, please. She's had no work done. Just kidding. Wink, wink. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I, I loaded. Can walk on water. I know. I know. JLo's like, I've never had Botox. I'm like, JLo, yeah, you can't right. blink. I just got Botox right. for the first time also. Did you? Oh, my God. Oh, you still have a little movement, a little bit of movement, little bit. which is nice. I like it to be like an ice rink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My forehead is like frozen in time. All right. Go to cheat meal for you. I honestly feel like every meal I have is a cheat meal. Cacio Pepe. I have it three times a week. Cacio, Cacio Pepe. Pepe. Yeah. It's like a ton of cheese. Yeah. That's, that's my cheat meal. Yeah. And Cacio Pepe is noodles, a lot of cheese, and a little bit of... Uh, Pepper, right? Yep. Pecorino Romano, Parmesan Reggiano, and roasted black pepper. Mmm. Delicious. When are you most inspired? I am most inspired when I'm 
under under the like under the knife. Like, oh, pressure's on. Pressure's on. You got to do this, this, and this. Or like when when there when there's a ceiling. I don't know why this is. It's really weird when there is a ceiling and the pressure's on. That's when I am like the most creative. When they're like, you need to make up a routine with the sock, and it needs to be done in two days. I'm like. I, I flourish in those times. Real? Oh, that's great. Yeah. That you can. When I'm like dreamy land, you have three months and you can do whatever you want. I'm like, that doesn't inspire me. Will you almost wait until you are putting yourself on a, in a moment of pressure? I put myself in the situation of pressure. Oh my God. See, I'm opposite. Yeah. I can't live my life you're a like prepper that. yeah you're a stylist I love you guys the prep, prep of it all. you love prepping mm, and taking your time <laughs> <laughs> uh movie that is a mood changer for you one that you've watched more than once Maybe center you stage can even quote center it. stage center stage oh, center stage oh oh uh julia styles is that who's that right yep i love center stage yeah oh that's such a good movie that's i haven't so watched good. it in so long wait was channing tatum in that no 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 that's oh. magic mike <laughs> No, no, he was in another dance movie. Oh, Step Up? Step Up. Uh, Channing was delicious. <laughs> okay, you weren't feeling him in that? That was such a good movie. Oh, what is your top love language? So there's acts of service, physical touch, words, words of, of affirmation. affirmation. That's number one for you. Words of affirmation and physical two? touch. Perfect. Something people commonly get wrong about you. You're like, that I'm a drug pusher. That I am a heroin dealer. That's what I would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I that I influence addicts to kill themselves. Perfect. <laughs> uh, when you die and you come back to this world, let's say you're reincarnated as an animal. Dolphin. Which animal... <laughs> Didn't even let me get it. Dolphin. I don't even flipper. care if, it, if the answer was wrong. I would still be dolphin. Dolphin. 100%. A, a true water sign. A true. I love what that about you, you? A dolphin. Please, please tell me you. Uh, absolutely. An orca. A whale. Orca it's a, whale. It's a no I love brainer. Them. Like, or a Jewish housewife's uh, toy poodle. Oh, that's cute. We yeah, would be taken care well, of. Live comfortably. It's a lifestyle. No, but orcas, I love. I mean, dolphins are very smart and they travel in pods. So I get that. With the and that's kind of why I love orcas. Yeah. I like or orcas because they're like one of the biggest predators in the ocean. Ooh, work. So I just like, I could eat a shark. Like no one fucks with that's orcas. That's true. That's true. They're majestic. And then la and last one, I love to do this. I want to end the podcast with a quote that you live by or just something that you say to yourself often. Just leave the low lifers with a little something, something. For them to go into the weekend. Oh with. man, I'm gonna think about this later and be like, why didn't I say that one? Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is one of my mentors, and he is one of my best friends and closest humans in the industry that I have. And he guides me through this life of Hollywood bullshit. And he has a quote that is public, and he always says that he's he's the hardest worker in the and be the hardest worker in the room. And mm -hmm. he told me that you know, five, five, six years ago. And he said, I love talking to you and, and, you know, our friendship because you, I see me in you as the hardest worker in the room. And that has always mm. resonated with me. And yeah. I always just take that as like, be the hardest worker in the room, no matter what you're doing, what your role is, even if you are just there to 
sweep up hair or clean up the gum on the bottom of the tables, be the hardest worker in the room at whatever you're Amen. doing. And that's it. Yeah. And that's with be the hardest worker in the room with your family, your relationships, your job, your even with you, like just be be a hard worker. Mm, love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to freaking work hard because of you, Danny. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I believe that for sure. I think it's that work hard mentality, though, is because shit wasn't handed to you. It wasn't handed to me either. Exactly. But, and that actually plays a huge part in like that frame of reference. Like immigrants have that. Like, yep. First generation, like people with work. disabilities, disadvantages um, that are, you know, certain races, you know, that, that we're all now seeing, like, you know, people are seeing that everyone doesn't have it the same and people yeah. have to work harder than other people. Yeah. And adversity is like at this point, adversity. Armor. that was my that was the word I was searching for, but it is mm -hmm. very late <laughs> where I'm at right now. And <laughs> my bucket of words has become very, very thin and small, super late in Russia. No, maybe China, perhaps. Where Dubai? in the world is, is Carmen Danny, San Diego? Where in the world is Danny San Diego? I'm somewhere where daylight savings time is different than the United States. Okay. Like well, our daylight just... savings time was on a different day. <laughs> Literally. Thailand. It could be anywhere. Oh. On that note, Danny, I want to get all of your like. Where can people find you? I want everyone oh to stay God. in touch with you. I would love slide that. into Dan slide into Danny's DMs. You Please can message do. her. I read. Uh, unfortunately, I read everything, negative or positive. If it's gonna be negative, leave me the f alone. Um, <laughs> I also have a keyword like filter. So if you're gonna say negative shit, it's not gonna no come through. low life. No, the low life community. We do not. I love that. Play that way. Yes. No, it's all kindness here. I would Don't say message me mean. on Twitter or Instagram. That's where I see everything the most. And that's just on both at Danny Vitale, D-A-N-I-V-I-T-A-L-E. Write me, ask me questions. If you're, you know, in the industry, want to be in the industry or anything else regarding anything else. If it's about Lowe and his amazing cooking, please write me. Oh. <laughs> Wait, that's I'll actually, I mean, talk about amazing cooking. Uh, I was not familiar with the world of making your own homemade pasta, and you have really shine well, light on that. I can't it's wait incredible. to come back and continue our pasta journey. I know. I love cooking with you. Yeah, we have to do that very soon uh, when you come back from wherever in the world you are. Okay. Perfect. Well, Danny, thank you so much for being a thank guest. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you for having I me. I freaking love you too, and I hope you'll come back. We have to have you on as another, uh, another special episode And then I think we you. should like reverse it where and then I podcast you and I ask you all your questions because I feel like your followers should really know more about you. Oh, damn. Okay, a little role reversal. I think we do a we role reversal. We could do that. You'd be the person I do that with because I'm so comfortable with you. I love that. I think we do that. Okay. All right. Sounds good, Danny. Well, thank you for being a guest and we'll see you next I time love you. on The it Low is... Life Podcast. The low I love you too. Life. The Low Life. <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode of The Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Next week, I got a great show in store for you. So I can't say who the guest is yet because they haven't confirmed. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast world. Like until I literally have the physical recording in my hand, like I can't confirm a guest because people just flake. Like You guys know how it is. But regardless, I will promise you a great show. That's a promise I'll make. 
have a great episode coming up next week. Also want to take a moment to say thank you. Gracias. I love you so much for taking the time to rate, subscribe, and leave a comment on Apple Podcast. Makes a huge difference. I'm learning why it makes a big difference. It goes into the analytics. So advertisers and sponsors and all those type of people, they can see your comments and your subscribers and how many five-star ratings you have. So if you do all those things, especially for an up-and-coming podcast, it helps tremendously. So taking the time to do that, it means a lot. So uh, you're the best. You freaking low-lifers just keeping this shit show afloat. And I love doing this podcast. Like We're able to do free shows and keep it going because of your support, your kindness, and taking the time to actually do that. And a lot of you are first time reviewers. And just for the record, like if you are leaving a comment, you can write something. You can leave an emoji. I crack up when I see like all the dick emojis like you are my people. (laughs) I'll see like flame dick emojis and like, yes, puta. And like, that's all you need. You could put a smile face. You could put a chili pepper. You don't have to write anything. You just put a thumbs up. Regardless, as long as you leave a comment, the more comments, the better. So comment the hell out of the podcast. And I appreciate you for doing that. Um, Again, it, it does make a huge difference and it doesn't go unnoticed. I read every single comment and I crack up and I just love them. There's a couple shout outs I want to give to some special lowlifers out there. One specifically. Here we go. Glory Girl One. She wrote senior listener at 76 years old. I've just been introduced to podcasts and they help me from being alone and lonely. I feel like I'm with family. I've never submitted a review, but just love your podcasts. They're so down to earth and relatable. I feel like I smile throughout the whole podcast, but I also find the episodes with the queen so enlightening and full of compassion. She is truly amazing. Wonderful. Keep up the good work. (gasps) Glory girl. Oh my God. I love that you are 76 years old. Like, wait, is that Jane Fonda? Hi, Jane. Is that you, Miss Fonda? Is that Cher leaving a comment up on Apple Podcasts? <laughs> Thank you. AJ, nothing but a number. And I love that you can enjoy this freaking podcast. That actually made my day because internally I feel, I'd say 78. So we're peers. I just want to shout out one more low lifer who wrote, first time reviewer, Lo, you are such a ray of sunshine driving into work this morning. I work at a hospital. <gasps> okay. Can I just say for my healthcare heroes out there, you work at a hospital, whether you're a nurse, a doctor, you work in administration, you're involved in a hospital in any sort of way, maintenance, cafeteria, whatever the hell you do. But if you're doing it for a hospital, like this year has really shined a light on how important those roles, how selfless it is to work in that type of an environment and how necessary and needed you guys are. So anyway, I just want to say thank you. And I always have appreciated, you know, my healthcare heroes, but this year specifically, like it really puts into focus how important these people are. So anyway, thank you for working at a hospital. (laughs) Oh, also teachers too. Oh my God. That's another profession. I think people are like, oh my God, we love our teachers, but like we freaking really love our teachers right now because they're so needed. And yeah, it's been really tough for people that have children having to teach their kids. And like, I just was talking to uh, my cousin who has a 10 year old and she was like, I literally just bought my son's teacher, like a total gift basket. I'm making her a self-care basket, like for her to go back to work. I want to make sure like she's happy. (laughs) People are really appreciative of teachers and healthcare heroes. But anyway, back to this comment. This person wrote, driving into work this morning, I work at a hospital. I was feeling down, drained, and exhausted from everything. But then my mood soon turns around. Listening to your podcast brings so much joy to me. And I can tell you are a person that just lightens up a room whenever you walk in. 
Sometimes I do with my spray tan. Um, I also appreciate your honesty on your down days. Anyway, I could go on, but I'm just rambling now. Short but sweet. I love your podcast and the energy you bring. And I'd like to add myself to the list of best friends that you don't know you have, Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you for taking the time to write that. I'm sending you nothing but good love, energy, and good vibes your way for a great weekend ahead. I hope you all have a beautiful weekend ahead, and I'll be talking to you guys next Thursday. Hit me up on Instagram, slide into my DMs at stylelvr, S-T-Y-L-E-L-V-R. We can keep that conversation going and flowing. But until then, don't forget to drink your water, puta, because I know you're thirsty. I love you, and I'm out. Hey y'all, I'm Brandi Cyrus. Wait, are we live? <laughs> and that's my mom, Tish. Sorry, we're stoned. You're gonna have to talk into the mic, toots. Hey everybody, it's Tish the Dish here. Just ready to dish on all of life's hottest topics. And plus, you'll hear crazy family stories, design tips, and oh, so much more. So follow our pod and find us on Instagram at Sorry We're Stoned so you don't miss an episode. Bye, stoners.